0: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Wanna Vibe. I'm Issa. I'm Abby, and today we are talking to Carly Joe. She is a sensuality coach of Cannabis Sensuality who focuses on the female orgasm and communication for connection. She believes that talking about sex is the most important part of setting a safe space for partners to reveal their true desires, fears, wants, and needs. She incorporates exercises like breathwork and meditation, along with talk-based learning and the use of cannabis to create a personalized blueprint for each one of her clients.
1: We had such a blast taking a peek into Carly Joe's world and all the sexy, fun, fearless attitude that she brings to the table. Hope you enjoy this episode, and hopefully it makes you think twice about your bedroom
0: behavior. Mm, check <laughs> the show notes for links to connect with Carly Joe and do your own erotic blueprint.
1: Hope
0: you like it. Bye. Bye. Wanna Vibe is a podcast and resource speaking simply about all things wellness. We want to break down each topic and start from the beginning, avoiding the assumption that everyone knows the building blocks to a particular subject.
1: The way we see it, wellness is all-encompassing of each aspect that affects our everyday lives. In addition to our faves like fitness and nutrition, this could mean anything from relationships to careers, finances, spirituality, and so much more. We are Abby and Issa. Wanna Bye. Vibe? Hey everyone,
0: welcome back to Wanna Vibe. I'm Issa. I'm Abby, and I've had my speaking privileges revoked for today. Yeah. Today we have Carly Joe, sensuality coach of cannabis sens- sensuality. See, I'm still stuttering, but we're just going to roll with it. Um, hi, Carly Joe. Thank you so much for joining us. Hello. Good to be here. Hi. Pizza. So, we're super jazzed to um, talk about all the sexy things today with you, Um, but would love if you would just give a little intro to the listeners, tell us about you and your business and kind of what you do. Hmm.
2: Yes. Okay, great. Hello. I am Carly Jo, and I am a sensuality coach, Uh, and I help um, women who are in sexless marriages Really get that juicy, sexy, turned on, passionate, satisfying sex life that they really, really are craving.
1: I love that so much. I love that. And I feel like it's just something that people don't talk about, especially when you're married. It's something that's almost taboo that you're not having sex with your husband or like, you know, it's easy to easily, you can get easily distracted if you have a child. Um, You know, the child Mm -hmm. comes first. You kind of lose your romantic, sexy feelings. Um, and do other than like married women come to you, do like single women come to you also?
2: Yeah, definitely. I have women who are um, single. I have men that are single. And then I have couples that I work with as well. Oh. Um hmm yeah, but I really, really enjoy focusing on women that are in long term committed relationships. Mm-hmm, right. And they some women are just like, I have no libido. Mm-hmm. I have no sexual interest or desire. Some women
0: are like, I had a libido and it's lost. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where, it, don't went. Know where it went. <laughs> Re- reward reward out ten thousand dollars for finding my missing libido. I mean, when I was,
1: I was telling, I've been with my boyfriend for four and a half years and I was telling him that we were talking to you this morning, we were in the kitchen and he turns to me, he's like, well, that's right up your alley. And I'm like, I know. I was like, I'm so excited. Like, I just want to, I personally love fucking all the time. Right. So like, I know, but I also know that like, I don't have distractions of like, you know, I don't have a kid. I have a dog. Sometimes he watches, it's weird, but you know, um, and I, but like, I also, but I also like to eat edibles. And so like, Mm. so we'll like, you know, get high, have fun, like do whatever. And then, so for me, I was just like, I want to hear more about like how to help other people, how like to talk about it from that aspect.
0: I think that there's a lot and I'm, I've been married for eight years this year I'm, I've am i been with my husband for 12 and I think there's like it's more common it's almost it's almost become normalized for women in long-term relationships to not have sex which yes. is like wild to me like when when people find out that I still have like a really healthy sex life with my husband they're like say what like I'm I'm the weird one um, so I'm really excited for this, but I do want to rewind for a second because I want to hear just a little bit about your background, kind of like your upbringing and sort of like, um, you know, all of the things that brought you to this point in your life was sex, like talked about when you were a child, like what, like, how did you come across this career path and decide to pursue it? Mm.
2: Good question. Ah, oh, where do I begin? <laughs> so little Carly Joe, I was just Carly back then. I was, I've always been sexually curious. I've always been curious about my body, my pleasure, other people's bodies. <laughs> and um, so at a very early age, I was <clears throat> really discovering and playing around with my body and my pleasure, and I would say that I was raised in a a, a pretty sex positive home. Um, my my mom mirrored to me a <clears throat> my voice. <clears throat> I just woke up.
0: Um <laughs> sounds sexy though, so I'll just go. With it, it is. It hey, is sexy uh, and <laughs> raspy. <wracking. laughs> Ethan um, has the luxury of having that kind of voice all the time. All the time. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, yeah, so my mom really mirrored a, uh, body positivity to me. She walked around very freely in her underwear or naked. Um, my, my parents definitely exchanged sexual innuendos and still to this day, like, you know, I'll come up and slap my mom's ass. And so I was, it, I love I that. <laughs> oh yeah, there was a time where I said to my dad, he'll never listen to this. Um, no offense to you. He just doesn't no, no, know what no, podcast are. Taken. We're,
0: not, we're not like the demographic of dad podcast. Yeah, I don't know it's if you totally know know what a podcast is. But one time I was home
2: because they live in the Midwest. And and it was really like getting sexual in the kitchen. And I was like, is this just a show for your kids? And my dad stopped and looked at me and he was just like, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm turning on the sex because my kids are sitting there and I was like, oh yeah, okay. It just, because oh. I was like, I guess I guess I just needed to know, like, is this a show or is this real? Yeah. You know, um, and it's my mom and my mom... Um, <laughs> you know, they got, my mom got married at 18 and, um, has had the only sexual partner she's ever had is my Whoa. dad. So she likes to brag. She likes to brag about the the good sex that she has. Hopefully she doesn't listen to this either. Uh, <laughs> not have consent to talk about her sex life. I do have consent to talk about me and my husband's sex life. Oh, <laughs> so is that even though I felt I felt like I was in a home that, you know, was really positive around sexuality and it was mirrored to me somewhere. I don't know <laughs> who it was or what magical thing was said to me at that one time, but I shamed that part of me. I got mm. a little bit older and all of a sudden it was wrong. Yeah. It was not approved of. It was wrong that I was a child who explored sexually And I really repressed it. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of it goes to like the slut culture, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. It, I mean, we live in a, a society where the messages are so mixed. It's so confusing. You know, they want us to be, they, I don't know who they are, but um, cu- to cultural standards, it's like they want women to to be experienced and to, to, you know, have this like wild and sensual and seductive side. But yet if we're too wild and seductive, then we're sluts, right? Okay.
0: What yeah, was so that? Did you, have you seen the Cynthia Nixon video um, where she, yeah. eh, eh, did we know we didn't release that episode, right? Issa and I did a whole episode just kind of about that video. And for those listening who don't know what I'm talking about, oh God, what is it called? Be a lady, they said. And it was a mm-hmm. poem that was released in the New York Times in like 2017, but just this year, Cynthia Nixon did a video and it went viral and it's so powerful and it moved me so much because it's so true like no matter what we do as women we're like totally fucked right because we're never good enough for someone um and so Mm -hmm. you just said that and it totally made me think of it because it's Mm -hmm. so true and they're like they're like you know be experienced know how to give a blowjob please your man do this but don't be a slut and don't be overtly sexual and like be a lady and like do all of this stuff and it's just like what do you much, want? So I totally yeah. get it. Yeah, I totally get what you're saying. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Oh, no. It's totally fine. But <laughs> this guy
2: right here. I know. I was like, I'm distracted. A man <laughs> just walking in the room. <laughs> um, no, that's perfect. It's, I feel like it's been a while since I watched that. So I love the reminder. I'll go back and watch that. So yeah, that's exactly exactly what I'm talking about. It was, um, you know, and I didn't have friends that knew in, back in high school, you know,
1: right? Who me, does?
2: To, yeah, to tell me like, hey, your vagina is beautiful.
1: Explore yeah. it.
2: Yeah, goddesses, no. <laughs> so, right. Um, and boys were so confusing. So uh, fast forward to, um, you know, more recent, more recent times. I when I was in, I think when I was in high. Oh, high school maybe early college I started getting really interested in it again and I started researching this last time that I was home so I'm from Wisconsin uh I was in my childhood bedroom and I found this book it was written in the late 1990s or
0: something and it's like yeah it's like how to have sex at the beach (laughs) oh my god (laughs) never a good idea by the way not a good idea Sand gets in a lot of places where sand should never be. <laughs> I do have sex you have a cabana. in the shower.
2: You know, it was like, the book is so good. And I found yeah. that. And I, it was so, it was such a sweet, tender moment. I was like, oh, that's right. Like, this has been deeply ingrained in me. And, you know, I've had spiritual spiritual uh, healers and such read my charts and say that I have been killed for the work I've done in the past, and I have killed people for the work I've done in wow. the past, if you want to.
1: Yeah, it's really interesting. We're into so, it, so yes, tell it like, we oh, okay. that's why we're like, yeah. wow. Like, we're yeah, I
2: don't know that. if you've ever heard of SRT, but spiritual... Um, spiritual response therapy is what it's called. Mm-hmm. I have a, a wonderful woman and we did this whole hour session and it was so cool. She was like, yeah. So it's really interesting how in this lifetime, how you're so self-expressed about it. You are in the New York times. You are in uh, you know, you're all over social media you're doing interviews, like you're so expressed and you have been killed for being that express in past life. So no wonder you have this like, because there's times where in my, in my career, where I get really like, Oh, I can't say that. I can't do that. That's right. like, okay. I won't be safe if I say that. Right. And that's like, where does mm-hmm. that come from? It mm-hmm. comes from years and years of living on a Puritan land. Wow. Oh. Wow. I'm notorious for going off in tangents, so you can always reel me back in.
0: No, you're good. Keep going. We want to hear about all of
2: it. Okay. So fast forward. um, I was a casting producer for The Bachelor for 10 years. Cool. Yeah. People always like that part, so I never leave it out. (laughs) Um, So here I was working, you know, casting for The Bachelor and just feeling kind of miserable because although the job was super fun and exciting at times... I just felt like I was not on my soul path. I wasn't doing what I was meant to be doing. And I don't know if you've ever experienced this before, but it just feels so heavy. And it Mm. just feels like you just feel so lost in this world when you're not doing what your soul's mission is. Um, But the thing is, is I didn't know. You know, I tried a lot of things. I have a closet to prove all of the things that I tried. <laughs> and and, uh, and then one day, the beautiful Layla Martin, um, I signed up for her newsletter um, because I was having difficulties with my um, my boyfriend, now husband. We were having some sexual issues. And I, I uh, was referred to Layla Martin. I signed up for her newsletter. The very first email I ever received from her was, introducing my sex, love and relationship coaching program. I had no idea what coaching was. I had never really heard. I heard it like money coaches or like business coaches, right? But but a sex coach, relationship coach, like, and I always, if I have to be completely honest, I've always had this desire to be a therapist. I said when I was a kid, I wanted to be one, but there was something that really turned me off about the process of it and about how heady it is. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, and and so I, I I feel so grateful that I get to follow my 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 desires and my path, but in a way that feels more authentic to me. And Layla Martin's course was um about a ended up being about two years, and we really use sacred sexuality and tantra uh, and pleasure as a healing modality. So I spent a lot of time in self pleasure, a lot of time exploring my body, exploring. Mm. Um, you know, things would, I don't know if you've ever experienced this. I I know a lot of women have when they're in masturbation or self-pleasure, these thoughts come up, like, uh, all of a sudden they might be thinking about their mom or they might be, or, or this thought that comes up where they're thinking about that one conversation they had with their brother that one time. And what do we do? We're like, Oh my God, why am I thinking about my brother when I'm touching myself? That's wrong. It's gross. No, 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 no. Right. But what's so beautiful, which I learned is that it when we're in self pleasure, when we are downgrading our nervous system and we're coming into this state of like really ground and center, we have this opportunity to allow what's in the subconscious or the unconscious to be revealed to us. So it's like breaking away layers of numbness and frozen, right? And what's underneath all of that is that conversation you had with your brother that you never cleared. It's that you know, it's that thing, right? It's that, oh my God, I, I I killed my mom when I moved to LA. Her only daughter, she, she prayed God that she would have me. And what did I do at 18 years old? I got the fuck out of there, right? And that like, that kills me. And that's what's coming up in self-pleasure because it's an opportunity to heal it. It's an opportunity to bring some some love and some compassion and, and some healing pleasure to it. So that's been a really interesting. So I actually don't understand therapy anymore if it doesn't involve pleasure in an orgasm. That's
1: amazing. <laughs> and like, I just felt, I just almost kind of felt like a, a sigh of relief for you even saying that because that happens to me when I'm like thinking of some random ass shit or whatever. And I'm like, why? Like, I, I have to like tell myself, like, just refocus, refocus on like what's happening right now as opposed yeah. to like what's happening in my head. So I, yeah. I, I actually, that's really nice to hear yeah. Re- really quickly. I'm like bringing it back. So you were so easily, you so easily said, I worked for the bachelor for 10 years. I was a casting oh, yeah. director, right? When you tell people you're a sensuality coach. What comes up? How do you say it? How do you feel it? Or, like, what do people respond to you about it?
2: Yeah. Um, Hmm. Well, my, like, greatest party trick when I was a casting producer for The Bachelor (laughs) was saying, I'm a casting producer for The Bachelor. I would instantly. I love attention. I've always loved being center <laughs> a center of attention. I've always loved being on stages. Um, so I loved that I got to say that. And I would say like eighty percent of my job was the notoriety that came with it. Of course. Nice. <laughs> So I really had to grieve that when I switched. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what are, what are people going to like me for now? You know, um, I had to let go of that identity. And what's so funny is that it's still true. I was going to say, you probably <laughs> said that. <it. laughs> yeah, and especially when I say cannabis sensuality coach. So it just depends on who I'm talking to. Right on how I say it. Um and I say it differently all the time just for fun. But it, I still get that same response. People get like, oh, some people get really like, okay. And then it's just like yeah. <laughs> like guard down, moving on, and you're like, Cool, you know, and those people actually excite me the most. I'm like, ooh, <laughs> let's see what else. <laughs> let's see what ends, what's underneath. Let me win you over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but most people, yeah, I would say most people are like, most people are just curious because they never heard of it before. Right. And they mm-hmm. just want to know, like, what does that even mean? Right? Mm-hmm. Because we are at the dawn of a sexual revolution. Just like mental health wasn't um, really approved of, you know, just like exercising was seen as granola. Like, why are you outside running? There was a time where people Mm -hmm. who who were running were seen as weird, (laughs) you know? Mm, Yeah. Um, And so sexuality is no different. And I think that they are starting to understand, again, they would be society. I think society and culture is starting to really understand the importance of sexuality and healing the sexuality and also being self-expressed. Because how we show up in our sexuality is such a projection. Of how we show up in our lives, yeah. And so when people get to hear about what I do, and they get to sit and just ask me questions and really get to connect with me, um, I really, I usually get a phone
0: call. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, we want to work with you. <laughs> yeah. So, so going off of that, I mean, you said that usually when you tell people what you do, they're curious, they want to know more. So, what do you tell them, like in a couple of sentences? How do you describe what a sensuality coach does? Or what yeah, like, a cannabis sensuality coach does. Like your
1: elevator pitch.
0: Um, my elevator pitch
2: is pretty much just. Oh, I really focus on them. On to be honest with you, like what is it that's bringing you into curiosity? What part of you is curious? I really kind of turn it more on them and ask them more questions. Um, but in most people, they 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 are it's interesting. Most people are dying to talk about it. Yeah, I'm sure. You no, know? and they feel the safety. They feel the, like, I'm so passionate about what I do that I'm just a walking embodiment of it. Um, and so I don't, there's so, you know, it's interesting. I don't really feel like I need to have that elevator speech. Yeah. Um, right. So, but, but basically I would just say, um, what I specialize in, I mean, I have many zones of genius. Um, one of my zones of genius is working with women to help them um, really understand how their sexuality works, how their turn on works, because each and every one of us is a unique snowflake when it comes to sexuality. Mm-hmm. We each have a unique pathway to turn on arousal and pleasure. What is different? What is turn on to you is not to me. And that is where I really, really, really focus on with couples is helping them understand their erotic blueprint. Are you familiar with the erotic blueprints? No, I love that. I love that erotic blueprint. Ooh. Okay. So I would say, I would say that's probably mostly my elevator speech would be talking about the erotic blueprints because it is so attainable and it's so accessible to anyone. Now, if Mm -hmm. I sit there and say tantra, people are like, "What? I'm done. I'm out." They don't. It's 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 all it's a con. It's a it's a hard concept to to grasp in a couple sentences. But the erotic blueprints is a foundation for a better having a better better understanding of how your sexuality works. Right. So the creator of the erotic blueprints was Miss Jaya, and there's five of them. So this is what I say. I'm like, okay. So we've got. I'll give you my, give it to you right now. Do you want to receive it?
1: Yes, very much so. I want to hear it. Are you asking (laughs) a question? Yes, she's asking us.
2: Oh, sorry. Yes, we, I want to receive it. Do you want this? Okay, great. Give me information on what blueprint you are. Okay. So the first blueprint is um, energetic. Energetics are turned on by tease and anticipation, lots of space and yearning. The second one is sensual. Sensuals are turned on by all five of their senses, so eating, smelling, m- touching—right? How things touch, and you might notice. Well, never mind. Is it
0: velvet? <laughs> velvet. Yeah, I was like, yes. she's wearing a velvet top, and she's yes. like touching her, touching her arms and stuff.
2: <laughs> okay, <clears throat> Yes. getting thirsty and um, hot. Yeah, sensuals really bring. Um, beauty to sexuality. They're all about the aesthetics. The third one is sexual. So sexual is turned on by penetration, nudity, orgasm. Mm. Bang, 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 bang. The fourth is kinky. And kinky is turned on by anything that is considered taboo. Right. And if we go, right. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But if we go off of the de- definition of taboo, right. It's kind of a tricky one because anything outside of missionary is technically right, uh, taboo. Right. <laughs> so we're all a little kinky. Uh, we just don't really want to own it. Okay, um, and I speak from my own, my own, my own place there. And then the fifth one is shapeshifter. So a shapeshifter is turned on by all of it. They uh, wanted. Thank all. God, I was like, "What if you don't have yep. like
0: one of those things?"
2: Yep. There's always one of you in my in my in my <sighs> workshops where they're sitting there with their arms crossed and they're like, "Don't put I me in." Like, a box. I don't wanna, I'm not one yeah, of them.
1: That's, that's her. What I was
0: gonna say. I was like, "Don't you label me."
1: <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm raising my hand as kinky. When John and I first started getting together, our, we had like very awkward, quiet sex, and I was like, "I really like this guy," so I'm just gonna like put it out there. I was like, "You can talk dirty to me if you want," and then it's been like the house is on fire
2: ever since. So I'm like, yes. You can talk dirty to me if you want. Yeah. So like. Demure. Yeah, demure. That's the word I was looking for. Um, Yeah. So shapeshifters, they take on, they get turned on by all of the blueprints. Right. So they have this huge appetite for pleasure. We say that um, shapeshifters want to live on Pleasure Island. (laughs) <laughs> they just like more 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 like three five six hours later and they're like what we're done I'm just getting started <laughs> more 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 and they want a variety they really thrive off the variety of so those are the five erotic blueprints and there's so much to uncover there mm-hmm. right so um <clears throat> really using that as a as a kind of like a, a bridge to help people really understand like That is something we can conceptualize. We can intactualize, right? And that's really what the brain wants to do because the brain is the biggest sex organ. The brain wants to wrap itself around these ideas. And it's like, great, do that and then come work with me and let's get in the body. Because we can think based off of those five examples, the brain is like, oh, yeah, I'm going to put myself in that box. But what's interesting is that I thought I was essential for about a year based off of the quiz. So there's a quiz you can take and I can give you the link for that. Um, And then um, based off of just, so I am a certified erotic blueprint coach and just based off all the learnings and the teachings, I thought I was sensual. Then what we, we do called, something called body mapping where we determine the blueprints with your body. So the body never lies. The body has all of your answers, right? Right. So when I was getting body tested for the erotic blueprints, I was actually an energetic. I wasn't. Yeah. And there's so much, I mean, I could spend a whole episode just talking about the erotic blueprints because it's fascinating. There's so much to it. We all have I mean, anybody can identify themselves with a little bit of each of them, but we have a primary and we have a secondary, right? And as you are learning about your sexuality and you're really taking it into your own hands and going into a space of like curiosity and discovery, you'll notice that the erotic blueprints actually start to shift. So I started off as what I thought was essential. And that's when I was like, just kind of getting into my sexuality. I was like, oh yeah, sensual. That seems safe. Yeah. Yeah. I like the way things feel. Yeah. Yeah. yeah." You know, that, that was like a really safe one for me to go in. It was obvious, energetic. That was a little bit more like, okay, now I'm pushing a little bit more. I'm like a little bit more discovery. And then what I found is that I'm actually kinky as fuck. But yes, that was really pushing the edges for me. That was risky, right? Mm-hmm. Right. That was really, really pushing the edges, and so it took me about a year and a half to really heal the shadow aspects of the kinky, you know, the shame and all that kind of stuff. And um, I have this really great story that my uh, we had just gotten married, and I, I, I we were having this like really beautiful, passionate sex on our couch. And the sensual, the sensual in me was fed, the energetic was fed, the sexual was fed. And then all of a sudden the kinky was there and I was like, whoa. And I just wanted, I was like hungry for it. And I was like, call me your dirty slutty wife. Yes. Yes. And he was like, my dirty slutty wife. But the thing is, is that after... I went into my shame hole. I was like, that's not okay. That's not appropriate. And I was like crying and I was like, was that okay? Was it too much? Like I needed him to hold me and I needed him to do what we call aftercare. Aftercare Mm -hmm. and sexuality is so important. What do you need after sex? No matter if it's like in and out sex or if it's a five course, you know, whole production. It doesn't, there's always some aftercare that is needed. Do you want to, and my husband knows um, now that I, I, most of the time I just need to be grounded. He needs to just put his hands on my heart or my belly in stillness and just ground me because a lot of times after sexuality and orgasms, especially for, um, for women, we're so, it's, uh, so many drugs get released in our brain and we float. Have you ever experienced mm-hmm. that? Where you're just like, mm-hmm. you, it's like this of body and it's just like, kind of like, I don't know what's happening where I am and who I am. Yeah. And so we can just, we, our partner or ourself, if we're in, if, if that happens to us in self-pleasure, we can just ground mm-hmm. our hands to our body and ground. Yeah. So aftercare is so important.
1: <laughs> That's so fun. That's like, this is blowing my mind because A, I don't want to be touched after sex. I'm like, okay, I'm,
0: I'm done. am done right that's your aftercare.
1: yeah for me I'm like I love you so much but like please don't touch me you're really hot
0: like (laughs) I don't want this no no, I'm done although I do like I've trained Jesse I told him like when we're done like you have to give me a kiss like feel the deal with a kiss yeah but then but then stay the fuck away from me and he knows now
1: John and I will like lay next to each other and he'll be about to get up and he'll just kiss my hand and he'll walk away every time. And I'm like, that's all I need. Thank you so much. So
2: perfect. So it sounds like you, you have a really good understanding of what your aftercare is and then communicating that to your partner, because imagine a woman who doesn't
0: communicate that she needs to be left the fuck alone. What's right. gonna happen don't you feel like most women aren't communicating their needs not just yeah. aftercare, but in general <laughs> why do you Correct. think it's so yeah. difficult for us is it because of like like kind of you think society and the stigma around being sexual as a woman or like what is it like I just am trying to understand why I see so many of my friends in less than ideal positions in their relationships no pun intended um but like why? Why is it so easy for us to talk to them about everything except for this?
1: <laughs> well,
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a
2: loaded question. <laughs> yeah, I have a lot of theories on this. Um, I don't know how much I agree with how easy it is to talk about everything. I honestly Fair. feel that. Yeah, I honestly feel like. Women in general have a hard time speaking their their truths and speaking their desires. Um, and a lot of women will tell me like, oh, well, I just don't know what I want. I don't know what I desire. And I don't ever believe you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't believe you. What you want is so there for you. It's available for you. A, you're just not looking at it. You're avoiding it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Or B, you're not giving yourself approval for it. Yeah. There's no permission there to have what you want. You want your toes sucked? Great. Yeah. Great, right? But you got to tell someone because they're not going to know. Yeah. So, well, what's interesting, and if we're speaking to mostly like a heterosexual couple here, which is primarily who I work with, I do have same-sex relationship couples I work with as well, but Mm -hmm. um, when we're speaking to heterosexual, the thing is, is that men and women's instincts are so different. Mm -hmm. We have natural instincts that are very opposing. So how a woman thinks she automatically, and this is what I see a lot, is we just assume that that's how our partner also thinks. So we're like, well, how do you just not know? How do you Mm. not know what I'm thinking? You know, I need you to hug me five times a day and I need you just to know. I don't want to ask for it, you know? So it's kind of um, an interesting mix about how our brains work and how our instincts are so different that we really do put a lot of uh, conditioning on our men to think that they are us. Right. And they are just, mm-hmm. they're not, they're really, really not. Um, and also women have a really hard time receiving. So, and this goes back to when we were cave women, cause we all have parts of us and DNA in us still to this day that are very much connected to the inner cave woman. So even though we are very evolved beings, there's still part of our brains that have not evolved out of survive, 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 survive. I need to survive the tribe. I need to be pleasing. I need to be liked. I can't get get kicked out of the tribe. If I'm kicked out of the tribe, I'm going to die. If I don't please him, then he won't protect me from the saber tooth tiger or lion, whatever. right? So there's, <laughs> there's still a lot of conditions. Right. Tiger, saber-tooth, saber-tooth, saber-tooth camel, you know, whatever it is. Um, <laughs> I don't know about dinosaurs. No, I'm just kidding. But, um got, got to be playful, right? Sex can be really, really playful. So um, there is there's aspects of it of where you don't know. So women don't know what it is that they want um, they are confused and they put a lot of that onto their partner. Right. You know, they don't take, yeah, please.
1: Oh no, I'm sorry. I think it also stems from like, feel obviously feeling safe. Like you want to be intimate with somebody Mm -hmm. that you feel safe with. Um, but also in like, just like platonic relationships with like women speaking to other women, you have to feel safe enough to have that sex conversation with one of your girlfriends and be like, I'm getting it this way or like, I'm not liking what he's doing. This is crazy. Like whatever it is, but you have to be like sure of it and then sure of that person so that you can feel as if you're able to be open. And then I feel like that may be able to translate. Like if I'm talking to Abby about like whatever I did last night, then I can kind of be like, Oh, it's almost like the topic kind of can hold over to my boyfriend and be like, you know what I was thinking and you've already exercised it with somebody. And now you're like, I'm going to try and attack this conversation this way Mm. with my significant other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like practicing with
2: a friend. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that brings up a, a huge point of like trust and safety and love. So the two mm-hmm. biggest things that women are really needing in their relationship is to feel safe and to feel loved. Mm-hmm. And when they don't feel safe or loved, it's hard to go into sexuality. And when I say that, though, about safe and loved, we, we, we got to take it. We got to take responsibility for it. We can't right. just put it. I'm not saying that you're, that these women's men are not keeping them safe. That's not what I'm saying. Right. We're not taking responsibility for our needs and what we want. And, and, and taking responsibility for getting what we want and getting, not getting what we don't want. Does that make sense? It's just important to say what, what you want and what you don't want. And you bring up a really good point. Like I hear women say, I don't want to, um, you know, sex hasn't really been that great or I'm not really, you know, I wish I, let's just give an example here. I really wish that he would slow down and you go talk to your friends about it but not your partner out of fear that you're going to hurt your partner's feelings. Right. Now again, that's where we have to look at men are not the same as us. <laughs> yes. mm-hmm. They don't have the this like really thin um center to where they their feelings get hurt like ours do. It's just it's just not the same. And so the thing and it's really doing the men a disservice because men are pleasers. They want to please us. Mm-hmm. They really want to know. Because here's the thing they're also responders. They're going to respond to whatever you give them. So if you've been having fast, hard um I was watching Sex in the city the other day, the Jackrabbit sex mm-hmm. episode. Mm-hmm. If you've been allowing jackrabbit sex for 10 years, guess what? That man's going to be like,
0: cool. He this th- is yeah, what she he wants. That, yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah. It's I like training a dog almost. Exactly what she <laughs> wants. So even though he's like, well, I actually don't really like jackrabbit sex. I'm going to keep giving it to her because I want to please her. So you're actually doing your relationship a service by saying, Hey, mm. I actually really want you to just slow down.
0: Oh, okay, great. Yeah. I think you also made a a really interesting point when you said um, that, you know, we are super emotional, like women are really emotional and we tie that, like I know that I, this whole pandemic situation that's happening in the world, I was telling Issa we went out for a run the other day, I, like by the end of the day, if Jesse even looks at me, I'm like, get the fuck out of my face because I, there's so much here that like I just don't have the energy, like I can't, I don't know, I just can't connect it. Like I can't connect into my, or I can't, but it's harder for me these days where the world is right now for me to connect with my sexual self. Um, but I also wonder, I, this is two questions in one. You said when when women don't feel safe. So that's right now like a safe situation. But also it doesn't have to be physically safe. Like mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot of women in relationships who don't feel safe speaking their mind, who don't feel safe financially who don't feel safe in a myriad of ways, not just in a physical sense. And that really can, yeah, it can really, really affect your, your ability to even want to have sex. Um, That was one. And I totally lost track of my other point. Oh, my other question was, what, what do you say to those women who Sex has just become so low on the priority list. Like, what are some things, some exercises, some practices that they can do to sort of like reconnect with that sort of lost part of themselves? Because Mm -hmm. it's always like right in the first year of a relationship and everything is like easy, right? It's all easy with air quotes. And then the farther along you get, it's like almost like if you're not actively working on keeping that connection, it literally will disintegrate. Mm-hmm. And so if you're at that point of disintegration, how do you reconnect? Mm. Mm. So good. Yeah. This, <laughs> this is where I shine. <laughs> yeah, shine, shine for us, please. Um, would you mind if I asked you a couple questions, Abby? I mean, I'll be giving you hypothetical answers, but yes. No,
1: honest answers. Well, no, you
0: can ask me questions, but I'm not having this problem. I'm asking these questions on oh. behalf of my friends that are having this problem. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm asking because I have so many friends that are near and dear to me that literally don't mm. have sex with their husbands at all. At all. Well,
2: the only thing I was going to touch upon is when you said "I." You actually, said, yeah, I-, I was talking
0: about me in the past three weeks. Yes. Yeah, harder for yeah. me.
2: Yeah, you're. Yeah, you said I. I'm having a hard time connecting my sexuality. So I just have a question that that I want to ask you that will be so yeah. relevant to other women. Do I have your permission? Sure, of course. Okay, great. Where are you on
0: your cycle? Oh my god, I'm so bad at tracking this. I'm. Didn't you
1: have your period last week?
0: I got. I got to look at my app, guys. I think she.
1: I think she and I are synced up. To be honest, so that's. I think weird. we are.
0: I that's think the only reason
1: here.
0: why I know. But so I put this it is, in here while you're looking. I did. I ended my period a week ago. So I'm like a week and a half in. Okay, great. That gives me a lot of information. (laughs) So um,
2: educating ourselves around our cycle is so crucial for understanding how our, our turn on and our sexuality works. And that's why I asked because honestly, women like spike of sexuality and desire is only about 30 hours a month. So yeah. So we are fertile for 30 days a month, give or take, right? Each person is so different where men are fertile, can be fertile anytime. So we really have to take that into consideration around our sexuality. And I really love what you said about if we're not keeping that connection going, It's going to go stagnant. That's so true. The wheels in motion stay in motion, right? Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I would recommend to women is to start tracking their cycle every single day before you go to bed. Write in a little journal next to your bed. This is what I do, so I don't forget, and just write down everything. Write down the emotions that you had. Did you have any weird cravings? Did um, Did you have? Did you Did you feel really tired? Did you feel sexual? So really, 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 write down everything. Um, so that way it becomes almost like a, um, what is it, like a, uh, not a map. I kind of like to look at it as a map so that yeah. you can go back to past months and be like, oh my God, around this time every day, I'm a cranky bitch.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Cool. So I know that there's going <laughs> to be people crazy. that are like... I'm not gonna write that down, but just so um, people that are listening know that there are options. Like I have an app, and I there's I'm sure there's a million apps that do this, but my app is Kindara that I use. And every day, whether you're what like regardless of where you are in your temperature in your temperature in your um, cycle, your you can make notes. I don't know if you can see this, but you can make notes. Okay, no, you can't. It's not coming up on the screen, but you can make notes as to whether or not you had sex, if you have like. Um, discharge like what it's like if you're menstruating and then you can also there's mm-hmm. a little journal part where you can make notes um you know did you start a new cycle like there's all there's all different ways to customize it so that's a good option too if you're not like a, a writer downer because I personally am not a writer downer
2: yeah flow flow is, is the app I use mm-hmm. oh yeah, yeah yeah oh the women mm-hmm. code yeah yes yeah, women co- yeah uh, or red red, red, code. Code red code red
0: uh i I don't, mm-hmm. I don't write anything down. I well, know. I don't write a lot of things. You write
1: everything down. Well, like planning things, but I now have to consider writing because writing down my cycle. The other day, it was like, I always get like really horny during my period, which I hate. Um, doesn't stop me. But like, I'm always like, come on. Like, just an added issue. But um, I said to John the other day, I started laughing to myself because I'm like, oh my God. Because the thought that came into my head was like, I was so like just horny the whole time. Like, it was, like, a week before my period and then during my period. And I was like, can I say something to you that just, like, makes me laugh out loud, but also I'm genuinely feeling? He's like, yeah, of course. I was like, I'm not trying to get pregnant, but I feel ripe right now. <laughs> but no. now like, like I didn't know how else to explain it. I was like, I'm just, like, so, I want it so bad. Like, and for, like, the last few days, like, mm-hmm. that's just how I feel. I just feel, like, super sexual.
0: Yeah. I get really horny on my period too. Yeah. Before you continue with telling us about this, if you're on birth control, I'm assuming that there's a whole nother set of.
1: Oh, I am. And that might affect it too.
2: Yeah. So birth control is all, you know, you've got synthetic hormones pumping through you to help, to help, you know, regulate, um, your cycle, but it, you can still track, you can still write down, um, how, you know, how you're feeling when you're getting like a spurge of sexual desire. And so here, here's the thing. And to answer, cause I want to fully answer your question, Abby, cause it was so good and so, so needed. Um, so the, the tracking was just a, just the start of it. So just knowing that like, oh, every month around day 20 or 12 or 10, for me, it's about eight to 10. Mm-hmm. I get a spike in um, desire. And I'm just like, give it to me, give it to me, give it to me! Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god! I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, Like, like the other, so I'm in this right now. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm like literally ovulating right now. So, uh, so um, a couple days ago, my husband and I were on a walk, and this this man jogs by, and I'm like, I just could not stop looking at his package and his and his his ass, and I'm like, oh yep, about to ovulate. Like I know. That's a oh, sign. Interesting, yeah. Because yeah. the right? It's like the the instincts in me are saying like procreate, 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 procreate. It's time, it's time, we need the calm,
1: we need the calm, you know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> everything, everything in your body's like, hello, sir. Mm-hmm. Like as he's bobbing by. <laughs> yeah. So what I
2: have learned is that when that happens, when that time frame, so no matter where you are, if you're um It doesn't matter if you bleed, if you don't bleed, if you're, you know, postmenopausal. we all have this time that it seems like we get more of like an urge or a surge of like sexual desire. And what I'm suggesting is you take note of when that happens and strike when the iron's hot. Mm. So really create space in the calendar. So women, I don't, I, women love to schedule intimacy and sex because when it's in the calendar, they can mentally, emotionally, and spiritually prep themselves for it. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I'm going to be open and I'm going to be receiving, right? Where men don't need that. <laughs> men mm-hmm. are like, okay, whatever. I don't, you know, why are we putting something in the calendar seven days from now? My, my cock wants it now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and this is generalizing, you know, everyone's super different. But so When that time comes to when you're feeling that sexual prowess and you're like a tigress on the prowl, you know, and you want want it, um, for me, I find it really important to get into sexuality and intimacy with myself or my partner during that time to really start to move your sexual energy in your body. So we'll go into a little tantra for a second. So in our sacral chakra, which is located near the genitals, we have what we, uh, a lot of chi, which is our life force energy. It is vi- it's vitality. It's what keeps us, keeps us alive, according to Tantra traditions. And so when we're in this space, what can happen is we can start to move that sexual energy throughout the body because it's a very healing energy we can move it up into our heart and up into our throat and up into our eyes into our crown and really let that energy move and flow throughout the body and also during this time When we are having intimacy with ourselves or with someone else, we also release a lot of drugs in the brain. We release oxytocin, which is the bonding chemical that helps us. So if we're speaking to women in relationships, when we have sex or orgasms, we release the bonding chemical. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, so uh, two days ago, I was like, don't fucking touch me. Don't get near me. And then, Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden my oxytocin gets released and I'm like, I'm so in love with you. Everything's so great in our relationship. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But we also need oxytocin to get into. So we need oxytocin, women need oxytocin to have orgasms. Mm -hmm. Right. But orgasms also spend oxytocin so there's a lot of things that you can be doing throughout the month to help you build oxytocin and to help with your serotonin levels and your dopamine that is one what's going to help you now okay so wrap this up so here you are in your bubble of a spike in surge and maybe you're ovulating or whatever and here you are creating sexual intimacy you've got the oxytocin being released and now you're setting yourself up for a month right? So, so you can flow into your next month. So you've created that, that connection with your partner, you're creating that intimacy. And what the best thing to do from there is to keep coming into time spent in connection with each other, because the wheels are in motion, you Mm -hmm. can keep it in motion. So if you don't really necessarily because me penetration is like, it's like, whatever, as an energetic, (laughs) penetration is like, the, the, like the last thing you do, it's all about the other stuff, right? So it doesn't have to be penetration. It can be sitting across from each other without distractions, just having a just having like a really connected moment where you're talking. It can be uh, massages, giving each other massages. It can be going on long walks with each other, you know, anything to keep that connection growing. And then there's going to be a dip and there's going to be a time where you're just like, I cannot stand you. Give yourself permission, like, oh, it's just my i call mine is called grumpy gus um <laughs> other there's rage monster there's so many different words you can call it but it, it's that time in the cycle where grumpy gus comes out and she cannot deal with you mm. she just wants to stomp around and ruin your city and ruin your good time and when i know that grumpy gus is coming or he's there, he's a he, I just tell my partner, Grumpy, because he named him actually, I'm like, Grumpy Gus is here. My husband's like, cool. (laughs) I'm going to go in the other room. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And yeah, he just knows. He knows what that means. And he knows that I'm in that that part of. So it can just be really empowering to understand what your cycle is and to really be in the flow of it. Because what happens, and I'll, I'll end this here, what happens is that my husband has turned me down that's the nice way of putting it. My rage monster would call it rejecting. He has rejected me during my time of ovulation and when I needed it and we got fucked. Yeah. The whole next 30 days. Not good. Yeah. I was like, so I had to sit down and I was like, listen, so we actually have um, a chart on our, on our fridge. Um, I, I got it from, um, code red. I think it's called the book. And, um, it's 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 got a little wheel on it, and I move the wheel based on where I am in my cycle. So he knows so when it's set so when it's set to let's get it on, he knows. He needs to prep himself for a big bang session. Yeah. You are not allowed to reject me during this time because I, it's like my, my grumpy gust gets even bigger and destroys even more. And I am ready to fucking shut this relationship down and divorce you. It gets bad, but I know that about myself. Right. And I know that it's hormonal. Yeah. And I know that it's just part of being a woman and I give it a lot of acceptance and I just try to communicate as much as I can to him. Like, do not reject me during this window of time. You're going to have a horrible 30 days. If you yeah.
1: And we all go through that. I was telling you yeah. I mean recently, I was like the other day, probably a few weeks ago now, John was like doing the dishes and I was like, come, come in the bedroom with me. Like, blah, blah, blah. He's like, okay finishes doing the dishes. I'm like sitting on the couch naked. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Stop doing the fucking dishes. What are you doing? And then when he was done, he just like sat on the couch across from me. I looked at him. I'm like, I'm not fucking doing this. Like I was livid. I was so pissed. And then like, you're right. From then on, for the next probably week or two, I was like, get the fuck out of here. My grumpy Gus, you know?
0: I've yep. been grumpy Gus for like three weeks now, but in my so what my biggest takeaway, like in general from what you just said, is like it's not just going to happen. Like, no things don't just fix themselves. Right. In air quotes, again, it's it's actual. And I think that this is the the one thing that I kind of am most proud of in my relationship is that I know that like my husband and I actively work towards being connected not just in the bedroom but in all aspects of life but you know sometimes there are times where I just like don't want to have sex but I do it anyway because I know once I get started it's yeah. gonna be good it's just like you have to like I loved the metaphor you said like uh with the wheels I've already I'm gonna fuck it up if I try and say it but like moving wheels keep moving or something like that plus wheels you in, in motion stay in motion right wheels in motion yeah. stay in motion and I think that that's the hardest part is like for those couples that have been out of motion for so long, the wheels aren't going to start going themselves. Oh, like, yeah. You have to take control. Do you know what I'm saying?
2: Yes. yes. Yeah. So, okay. like, to answer
1: that part of the question, oh, sorry, Lisa. No, no, no. I was going to say, like, Lisa. Yeah, it's like Lisa without the L. So, like, uh, okay. what Abby just said about, you know, like the, cus- the customers, the um, clients that come to you, like, let's imagine first client. Yeah. How do you approach them? How? Do, what's like a most common issue that they come to you with? And like, how do you go from there to like s- help them spark it up again? Yeah. Well,
2: so um, my brain is torn in two directions I want to go. Okay. <laughs> and I have to honor that.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: So, so and I think it all ties in really well is, um, so first of all, we get really clear on what is their vision? What sort of relationship do you want? You know how many women come to me and I'll be like, so what do you desire in your relationship? And they're like, I don't know. I've never thought about that before. I was
1: just going to ask you, do they come to you open or are they just like, you tell me what to do? Like I'm here, you know, how do they, I'm sure you get a mix.
2: Mm -hmm. Most of the women that come to me, they're, they're so ready they're so ready, they're Mm -hmm. ready to make themselves a priority, they're ready to make their relationship a priority, their happiness, you know, their, their pleasure. Um, And so, and I also, you know, we call in, we call in what we're really, like the type of women that I call in based on my writing and based on who I am, um, tends to be women that are like me, you know, they're just like, I mean, my husband, I'm, I'm, we're all in relationships here, right? So it's Mm -hmm. like, show of hands, who has an amazing partner. Mm. It's fucking amazing. Yeah. See, everyone rose their hand. I guarantee the women listen to this and most of the women that come to me, their partner is amazing and they just mm-hmm. want to please them and they're so loving and understanding, but yet there's still something going on. So that's why I focus on the woman first. Right. I work with the woman first, then I work with the couple. I bring the man in. Um, oh, so, I like that. Yeah. So getting really clear like, what is it? What do you need in your relationship? You know, do you need to have sex once a week? Do you need to have sex once a month, but it's a three hour experience? Uh, Do you need to have uh, vaginal orgasms? Do you need to have, um, you know, so one example that I have was like, for me, uh, my husband and I, we talk about all this stuff all the time. And I'm like, so here's what I need in a relationship. And I just like really just like put it out. You know, it's like, I need to have intimacy every single week. It doesn't have to be penetration, and when we do, I need at least once a month for our our sex to be like a, an experience, like a production. That's what mm. I need, and if it doesn't happen, I go stiff kitty, and I'm about ready to hit the eject button. Yeah, <laughs> my poor husband. So, uh, so um, getting really clear on the vision and what they want, then from there and this, this goes back to answering Abby's question is then we really focus on them because most women have not given themselves the time or the permission to really go into self-discovery Right. Or, with their body. A lot of, so I, you'll notice I say self-pleasure versus masturbation. Right. To me, they have different definitions. Masturbation, if you look at the, the definition of it is really like genital focused and orgasm focused. I'm talking about self pleasure. I'm talking about giving yourself an hour. Starting, I it I actually just led a class last night. I'm um, doing virtual self pleasure classes. So, um, starting at the head, massaging your head, rubbing your hands through your hair. Do this with me if you want, as everyone's listening, right? My hair like, is all just, crunchy. Yeah, you know, you just like rub your head. You can scratch your head. Let your body like really let your hands be guided by your body, right? Like what does the body really want? And rubbing the face and the lips, really giving yourself time to explore the whole body versus just going straight to the genitals, right? And also in this self-discovery, it's like, do I like to be scratched? Nope, nope, didn't like that. Do I like to be <laughs> <easy>? <laughs> You know, but I actually do. But, you know, other people, like I like seeing the marks on my scratches. Yeah. Because I'm pretty pale. Um, you're, the I, you're the
0: perfect skin tone for that.
2: Yeah now I'm going to be all red. It's like, do I like to be slapped? Mm -hmm. Yeah, actually. Ooh, not, yeah. There, there, no. Right. So you get to really play, um, and explore. (laughs) Now I'm going to be so obsessed with my scratches. Um, for my kinks out there, you know what I mean? (laughs) You like seeing your wounds. Um, so, um, then we spend a lot of time in self-discovery, really empowering each and every woman to have a understanding of how their pleasure works, and I have a friend that said this. I'm going to steal her quote because not spending time understanding your how your own pleasure and and, and arousal works is like asking your partner to push a park car up a hill. Mm. We so much rely on our partner, but again, our body has all of the answers inside of it, right? And so during this time um, that we're spending a lot of time with our partner, especially like how much alone time are you giving yourself? How much are you saying, you know what, I just need like an hour and I'm going to light some candles and some soft music and I'm going to go get my, you know, my dildo, my vibrator, my jade egg, whatever it is.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And I'm going to just self pleasure for an hour, right? Like how much are we really giving ourselves permission for that? So it really starts there. And then from there, um, I like to incorporate the partner. So even though I'm working with just the woman, the partner is such a huge part because the woman is coming to me because she wants to have a passionate turned on life. Right. Right. Have you ever met a woman who's turned on like you and then a woman who's not, it's a huge difference. Mm-hmm. A woman who's turned on, she's turned on about life. She's turned on about her job. She's turned on about her kids. She turned on about her marriage. She's just like, she's like, she's magnetic. She's full of life. Right. Right. Um, And so when we really empower ourselves and kind of turn on that switch in ourselves, then I have them turn that power and that turn on and desire towards their partner. And here is where we walk through how um, some communication skills, um, really teaching women how to be in partnership because partnership Mm -hmm. is about two people Mm -hmm. equally showing up and supporting one another that is partnership. And mm-hmm. we have to support one another through really understanding the lens of the other person's emotions and thought processes, right? Right. So the way we communicate. So most of the time when the women come to me, um, what's really interesting, oh, I'm going to blow my, I'm going to blow it up. I'm going to blow it up. Okay. <laughs> what's so interesting is that women come to me and they're so finger pointing. They're like, why mm-hmm. partner, you know, he just can't, I'm naked and he just every time I'm naked, he just wants to have sex and, or he just has sex for five minutes or he's not even initiating anymore. Or he touches me and it feels like ice, you know? And it's like point, 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 point. And mm-hmm. then once we I'm get like, into what it, what are you doing? Yes, yeah. Yes. Once we get into it, nine out of 10 times.
1: It's
0: them.
2: There's just, <laughs> there's, yeah. We're, we're, Oh, Oh, okay. So this is such a vulnerable space because it's so true in my own marriage. <laughs> But women, you're kind of self-sabotaging. Right. (laughs) And I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. And I want to help you because I did it where I thought I was like empowering him. I was not. I was disempowering him where I thought Mm -hmm. I was encouraging him, where I thought I was like, I was, I was, oh my God, I went through the whole thing. I, where I thought I was bringing us closer, it was the opposite. You know, I was creating distance. I wasn't speaking to my husband through the lens of like motivation and inspiration. I was really trying to control. And yeah. so many women are that way. We want to control the situation, but yet we want to control nothing at all. Right. I don't want to be mm. in control in the bedroom. But don't do thing. that. <laughs> that's the other thing, women. They want this, like, again, I was watching Sex in the City. <laughs> I've been right. watching a lot of that lately. <laughs> and Samantha says it so perfectly. She's like, I want a man to take me into the bedroom and throw me on the bed and take off my clothes and fuck me the way I want to be fucked. And that is so true for so many women. Yeah, yeah. Right? But yet, how many of us are empowering our men to be the the sex gods that we're really desiring them to be.
1: Right, because, and how you're saying, how you start with like, um, you know, pleasuring yourself, how are you supposed to know like what you like to express it to your man, to treat you that way, to be able to give you that sex, that orgasm, that heat, you know, if you don't know what you like, if you don't, yeah. if you've never experienced it or if you've never even like tried yeah. it out on your own.
2: We're just mad that they don't. Yeah, right. like, you? We don't understand and now we're mad at you you don't understand that was me my mom always
0: says it takes two to tango and I always want to fucking throat punch her when she says that to me but it's so true like yeah you have to take ownership of what of the things that you in a relationship can control and what you can't personally control like all you can do is inform right so it's I think this goes uh, like uh, into a lot of different categories not just the bedroom like Anything oh, wow. in a relationship is given a take, right? But it's never it's never all one person's fault. Right. No. no.
1: So, so we really Yeah, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. With your coaching, mm-hmm. how do you mix in cannabis now?
0: Oh yeah.
1: yeah. Ah. And how do you um, handle people that aren't really like open to that? Or do they come to you know well, they come to you knowing, right? So it's not that's not really the issue.
2: Yeah, so cannabis is such an interesting part of my coaching. It's a tool in the sensual toolbox, just like you know, um, self pleasure or lube or Jegg or um, communication things like that. Um, It's not the primary, uh, you know, the primary like cornerstone of my of my of my business. So um, cannabis can be used as a very beautiful tool to really get out of our heads so get out of that monkey mind that's always like you know so here's another here's another thing um we have to really look at how we're self-pleasuring right are we giving ourselves uh is it like a three minute focus on the orgasm grab the vibrator you know uh grab a fantasy and go uh because everything that we do trains the brain hmm Right. So if we are, so, and I notice this with myself, like if I'm in a regular self-pleasure practice, like I'm really taking care of my own needs, I definitely have more of a desire and a connection to my partner. And when I'm not self-pleasuring and I'm not in taking care of my own needs, that's when I notice myself really like being irritated when he initiates. And I like, and I'm like, Oh, it just seems like it's too much. And it's just like, I get really lazy. So Mm. the thing about that is, um, when we, when we're going in, when we, when we're self-pleasuring or masturbating, it's really what it is. And we're giving ourselves like a three minute experience what happens is the brain remembers. So the brain always seeks familiar. So when you go into sexuality with your partner, the brain is like, it's been three minutes. Why haven't we had an orgasm yeah. yet? What's wrong? Wow, What's yeah. wrong? What, are we not having fun? Are we not ple- Are we not in pleasure? And that's where the monkey mind can start to really mm-hmm. start to go off because it's like, I'm confused. Why haven't we had an orgasm yet? So this is where cannabis can come in. So cannabis actually has... Um, a really um, beautiful aspect to it where it a it, it opens up your frontal lobe and that's where we we our seat of creativity is right It can open up our frontal cortex so that's where I always say that cannabis helped me cannabis introduced me to my kink side. I'm mm. more kinky when I'm when I smell cannabis because all of the guards are down and all of the inhibitions are down and the inhibitions of like shame, insecurity, you know, that kind, right. of, kind of inhibitions. Um They get lowered. And so I find myself like cannabis really introduced me to my sex goddess as well. Like, I'm like the most beautiful, most like amazing African goddess ever with cannabis. Absolutely. And so, what I always say is that cannabis shows us what's possible, so it lifts the veil off of the, the the blocks and the patterns that are in between us and our sexuality and it lifts that veil off so we can clearly see what's possible for us. And when it's possible for us in cannabis, it's possible for us in, in, in regular without cannabis. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I like to use is cannabis actually helps um, you know how sometimes when you smoke you forget what you were doing? You'll be like in the you'll be in the fridge and you'll be like, why was I here? Well that's nodding. Like, right? Yeah. And so that's, like a benefit, that's a benefit for sexuality. Yeah. So it shuts down that short-term memory so that we can be more focused. We can be focused on like the sensations. We can, we can be focused on the touch. Right. And again, cannabis activates the senses, right? Food tastes better, concerts sound better. Same thing with sexuality. You're lifting that, um, oh, I like to call it like, um, like a, there's like a blanket this like protective blanket that we have all the time with our, around our bodies and our sexuality, you know, and we're right. always trying to keep ourselves safe. It lifts that blanket off so that, that the, the touch, everything just feels so good. And you're just so in your body and you're so yeah. in your sensations and the thoughts are just um, like clouds passing, passing in the sky and you can have this with or without cannabis. And that really comes back to the erotic blueprints and feeding being fed in the right way. Right. So if you part, if you, if you and your partner understand your erotic blueprint and you're being fed in your erotic blueprint, it does the same thing, or it can do the same thing. Right. Um, so cannabis is such a beautiful, powerful tool. It's like a spiritual tool to really help us kind of get the cobwebs out. Cause that's what I hear a lot of women say. I can't get out of my head. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. really hard for me to get out of my head. So cannabis can be a really powerful tool for that
1: what would you say how do you oh, you go first i've been asking a lot of questions
0: i was wondering how you go about transitioning from having amazing sex when you're high versus having amazing sex when you're sober mm. mm-hmm. yeah so i i like to say that um sex that you have on
2: cannabis is or or alcohol doesn't really matter um it's the sex you're really desiring to have does that make sense the sex that you're having inebriated is the sex you're really, really desiring to have. It's really yeah, the sex. you're Totally, it's, it's I 100
0: like, agree. Yeah, it's like I just drunk wonder, truth. like, yeah, yeah. Exactly. But like, how do you, if you are, if you are using cannabis as a tool to like, kind of like, free some of your inhibitions, would it be harder? to have sex in the same way without that tool I guess is a better way of phrasing my question especially
1: because we were just talking about how we're like training our brains you know Mm -hmm. like three minutes or like whatever now it's like oh I can only come if I'm high so like how do we transition out of get being high and then being like yes raw in all aspects here we go How
2: do we do it? (laughs) It's it's really a mindset and it's a belief system. So if you believe that you can only get there on cannabis, then that's what's going to happen. Right. So this is a really, uh, it's a great question because when I was first learning how to be a sexuality coach, we were getting coached by the other coaches in the community. And uh, one of the coaches that I had, I told her that, um, you know what? Because here's the thing with me. <laughs> I uh used to so pre turned on woman, I had a really hard time um getting into my pleasure. I had a really hard time feeling pleasure and I would have a hard time orgasming in penetration. And when I did, I would like have to really, really focus and I would have to go like a lot of friction and be like da 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 da. And then when I'd orgasm, it would be like a and I was like, Well, that was a fucking lot of work for
0: nothing <laughs> yeah yeah
2: you know they call it the sneeze <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, over. I was like, well, that's really stupid that was so then it's like well no wonder i'm not interested in having sex it's so much work and i'm naturally right. a lazy person i love naps so i'm like it's a lot of work and not a lot of reward or payoff yeah okay and this goes with my own body too. Like when I was in self-pleasure, I was like so hard to get out of my head and into my body. I was not a meditator. I wasn't, I came into this as a completely like, you know, Susan from Wyoming. <laughs> like it was just mm-hmm. like, I don't meditate. I don't know, you know, I do yoga for fitness. And now all of a sudden I'm learning yeah. how to do what we call pleasure meditation. So like going into a state of like trance and meditation to increase your level of happiness with pleasure. So- I had like maybe a a handful of vaginal orgasms at this point of the story. And um, my, my partner and I were becoming more involved. I was becoming more involved in the cannabis industry. And so I wasn't intentionally bringing the two together. I mean, I've been consuming since I was like 15 years old for recreational, but I wasn't bringing cannabis in in an intentional ritual way. Uh, with my self-pleasure my, in my sex. Um, and for a year, my intention for sexuality was to connect to my pleasure, connect to my pleasure every day, every time. My desire or my intention is just to be with my pleasure, right? And I was just getting so frustrated because I couldn't get there. Then I brought cannabis in to a tantra practice with myself. And it was a beautiful experience. I, I love to tell this story. I was, It was I was inside of my vagina swimming. I was swimming and I was seeing flowers and I was seeing all these like really beautiful, bright colors. And I was, I could swim closer to them. And the closer I got, the more pleasure I was having. Right. And I was playing with like edging and playing with waves. And then, um, then I brought it to my partner and we 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 used cannabis intentionally with sex and that's when I had my first um, that's when I first became multi-orgasmic for the very first time. Mm-hmm. I discovered I'm a multi-orgasmic woman. I didn't know that was possible. And so I told her, I said, guess what? Not only did I connect to my pleasure, but I'm multi-orgasmic. And I said, But it was the cannabis. The cannabis did it. And she so beautifully reminded me that nope. Was your body? Oh. Yeah, your body produced those orgasms. Your body experienced the pleasure. Cannabis just showed you that it was there for you. Yeah, that it was possible for you. And I've been multi-orgasmic on and off cannabis. So it's really just that mindset of saying thank you, thank you for showing me what's possible. And the next time, and we, and also you have to let go of the expectation of every experience being the same. Right. The next time you go to have sex without the cannabis. It might not be that same experience because it's a Mm. whole new one. Yeah.
1: Right. So that was like your, that was like your breakthrough. How, what would you say your favorite breakthrough of like your clients would be? Do you have like one moment that you're like this? Oh my gosh. Like this was one of my favorites
2: yeah um so when I first started working with this woman she was she was coming to me from lack of confidence. she's in her in her sixties. Um, yeah they've been Good married for her for like, yeah they've been married for like forty five years Whoa. and grown children grown children that are out of the house now and she said it is time for me. It is time for me to make myself and my pleasure a priority. But she was so, she just was, she lacked confidence. She lacked confidence with herself, her body, her pleasure. Um, And I don't just talk about sex. We actually, we actually do. So even though, and let me just clarify, we're over Zoom. So my whole coaching program is over Zoom. You're in the comfort of your home. I'm in the comfort of mine. And it's not just about talking about it, it's actually experiencing it. So there are specific sessions where I'm guiding you through a new experience with your body, relating to your body in a new way. So I'll never forget, she came to one of the sessions and she uh, she had her camera on and I said, okay, we're ready. We're going to go into self-pleasure now and it, there's always an option to turn your camera on or off. And she's like, I'm going to keep the camera on for just a little bit. And she like slowly took off her clothes and she had on this like really beautiful lingerie set. She goes, I bought this just for you and I wanted to show it to you. she She sat there in this, like, sexy position. And she's like, and I just want you to see me right now. I just want you to view me in all of my hotness and all of my, like, sexiness. Yes. It was so hot! And from then on, she had a sexy lingerie every single session.
0: That's awesome. Good for her. That's really brave. I don't even think that I would be able to do that. That's
1: really brave. And I am, like, so intrigued that you guide people over Zoom. on like, mm. pleasuring themselves. Yeah. I'm, yeah. like my brain is having a hard time wrapping myself around that. Cause now I'm like, would I do that?
0: Yeah. Same, same. Because I, I mean, there, there's, there is, there's a lot to be said about the relationship that you build with people. Right. Just based off of that alone. I mean, yeah. there's some, like that takes a lot. Of- like
1: full circle with the trust that we were talking about, uh-huh. like how these women probably don't speak like this to their friends and they're having a hard time and they talk to you. They're so open with you that it probably makes it a lot easier for them to be like, listen, I have a coach. And now they'll talk to their girlfriends because they feel so confident and safe
0: and that they can do that. I am shocked still about this, but I am like. We've talked about this before, Ease, on different episodes talking about completely different things, but sometimes it is easier to like divulge information to Someone who is a relative stranger versus a friend who knows the ins and outs of your relationship, right. who knows your husband, who you have mutual friends with, et cetera, et cetera. Sometimes it's just like a a thinner wall to break down because there's less exterior connections. Right, and it's like sense.
1: a it's like a mix because <clears throat> you would be if you have an. I mean, i I'm, I'm sure it's not just like. Okay. Yes. I'm going to guide you right now. Take your clothes off. It's the first, it's the first session. I know that that's not <laughs> it,
0: but nice to meet you. Get me naked. Yeah. Let me see your lingerie set, honey.
1: Yeah. Like, but it's nice that like they transition into this safety with you to do that. I'm just, I'm honestly taken back by that, but like not, in, like, a. am not like, but I'm not repelled by it. I'm just like, wait, tell me
2: more. Um, yeah. You're in. Yeah, I'm happy yeah. to tell you more. Uh,
0: the first, <laughs> um, yeah. I was just going to know, I mean, I just want to know, like, how long do you typically work with clients Mm. for? Like, what is the, I know it's going to be different for everyone, but if like, just generally Mm -hmm. speaking, like how many times, how many times have you had a conversation with someone before you're guiding them through self-pleasure and then before they're feeling comfortable to take it into their own hands and into their own bedroom? Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. So, um, the program that I have, I work with women for three months. It's a deep dive intensive. Uh, So for three months is when we work solo. And then after that, they have an option to bring in their partner. And then we go another three months together, the three of us. And then in the bedroom coaching is very different with couples than it is with just a woman.
0: I would imagine. Um,
2: Yeah. It's really fun. Um, I've gotten personally the most value, um, the coaches that my husband and I have, we've had many, the most value we've gotten is when they're sitting there talking and directing while we're actually having sex or intimacy with each other. She's reminding my partner to breathe. She's reminding my partner, you know, to slow down all the things that I want. So I don't have to, I don't want to be his coach. I want to be his lover. Okay. So, but back to answering your question. Um, um, women know in the intake call, the enrollment call, um, what they're getting into, um, and there might be a little bit like Issa right now. I can feel there's a little bit of like, huh, but there's also a little bit of huh. Tell me more. Right, you know, right, right. Um, it's like I don't know
0: about this. Tell me more. About I this. feel like yeah. it could be pretty. I could be kind of sexy, right? Like it's almost like having yeah. a threesome, but like right. without having a threesome. Like I immediately, Hell. I immediately
1: <laughs> felt like my shell clothes when you started talking about it I was like holy shit they like take their clothes off but then I was like wait tell me a little bit more
0: I'm I'm definitely a walking contradiction because she always says no before she says yes first of all second of all a year ago I told her about my favorite lube and she was like "Mm, I don't need lube what, what was your health obsession last week, Issa? Exactly. The lube she what told me about. <laughs> so funny. She always says no before she says yes.
1: I do. And especially if like, I feel obviously a professional is talking about it because not everybody has access to a professional. There's, or like they don't know where to look or how to start or like to contact somebody. It's embarrassing for someone to say like, hey, I'm having an issue, but I see this is your thing. You, can you help me? Mm-hmm. Um, asking for help is always the hardest part but I feel like if there's that seed and where you can like it, there's a platform for you. You're like on Instagram, you your site, you have everything where you can just talk about it. And it's so easy and it just, un, it unlocks people to allow them to be like, Oh, it can be Formation. like, if she, yeah, if she can do it, I can do it. Or like, mm-hmm. she can help me.
2: I love that. Yeah, shit. And I wasn't, I wasn't always like this either. You know, I, even though I said I was a very naturally curious child, like I shut that shit down yeah. for 20 some years. Yeah. Um, but so in the first session, I want to, I want to clarify this. So in the first session, we set a very, very strong container. Mm-hmm. If you're not familiar with creating containers, I highly recommend containers are absolutely important for all relationships in your life. Containers are like, look at this. Um. So you're in a home right now, right? this, this home has a, um, a ceiling, a floor, it has walls. It keeps us safe. We understand like I'm in this room, I'm in that room. It's a foundation. Mm -hmm. And then inside of this house, I know I'm protected. I know I'm safe and I can roam around and I can move freely inside of this house. So setting containers in relationships, um, such as this, such as, especially with your partner, containers are so important with your partner. Right. Um, you, and they're constantly evolving and changing and growing. And this is where communication, do you know how many people say to me like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, we're not? Cause I always ask. I work with people in lifestyle. I work with, um, couples who are in lifestyle. So, and that's a whole nother, like, I can't stop. I'm stopping myself from going down that rabbit hole. Um, yeah. so anyways, um, setting containers with partners. Oh, so a lot of women, um, I'll be like, so are you monogamous? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, how do you know you're monogamous? She's like, oh, well, just, yeah, I don't know. It just, it's assumed. And I'm like, no, <laughs> you gotta sit down and have that conversation. Mm-hmm. What does monogamy mean to you? What is, what are you interested in? What do you want? What do you need? What is the, so like for now, my husband and I are monogamous. We say ish because we, um, we only have sex with each other but we do go to parties together and we play with each other. And sometimes we might touch other people, but we, we are so, I'm so in alignment with what his, like his boundaries are and his yeses and his no's are so that when I go to sexual workshops by myself, I don't have to call him and say, Hey, is it okay that this man is about to run a feather down my chest? I know what's okay or not. Right. right? And I know that I'm not in violation. So this, this goes really well. So I create that container with my, with my client. I set a very masculine container, right? Mm -hmm. There's rules, there's guides, there's uh, guidelines, there's expectations. They know exactly what is expected of them. They know what exactly that they can expect from me. And I'm very, very, very thorough in this because when we have the container set, confidentiality is in there, you know, um, how to reach me, all these things that's when the feminine feels free to flow. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, okay, I know she's not going to do this. I know that she's never going to ask me to do this. Da-da-da-da. You know, it's like, oh, okay. I know what's happening. I know what's expected of me. So then usually about the, um, I would say about the third session is when we, we and it, it just depends on the person, but usually they're ready for it. They're so ready. They've come to me mm-hmm. because they're all. They come to me already ready. Yeah, right. And they might have a little hesitation, like Isa had. But there's also so much intrigue, and 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 I ask you to lean into that. What's mm-hmm. available for you in that? In that also in the discomfort. Yeah. What's available for you in the discomfort? Why is there a guard? Why am I a no before a yes?
1: What's yeah.
0: Play with that. I love that. Me too. <laughs>
1: i like i love this too it.
0: because i just feel like i personally if i personally know so many people that can benefit from just this information but really like a full-blown training um hey then everybody does right like okay. we all have those people in our lives and um yeah i think this is all just like super super helpful because it's not it's not uncommon right it's it's normal to have questions, to have issues, to have unspoken desires and all of that stuff. So I just really, I love that you were able to come shed some light for us and our listeners today. Thank you so much. Carly Jo, Thank you so are, welcome. you are
1: our gateway drug, I think. Mm, I agree. <laughs> to like all, Agreed. all the, the sex gateway, our sexual gateway drug.
0: I'm going to go have sex right now. No, good. Kidding. Most people oh, wait, do no, go no, have sex me. after, after actually, like, hanging out I 100% out with me. <laughs> believe that. I, I actually think know. I
2: might. Um. Um, I also, I just want to <laughs> say too, because that's a really good point. You said a lot of people have, you know, these issues and these problems. So do I. Mm. I am a sexual educator. I'm a sex coach and I have so many struggles and I, my, my husband and I, you can read about, I'm so open about it in my blogs and my social media. Um, I struggle with it all and that's why I can really connect
0: to it. I, and, I was going to say that's and what and makes all all so the, relatable. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And all the
2: mistakes that I've made, you don't have to make. Yeah. <laughs> I did it for you. <laughs>
1: But that's the best part, and, like Abby said, that's what makes it so just like easy and accessible to speak with you and comforting because you're just like, "Oh, yeah, girl, I did that too. That was me, like, oh, I know exactly what you're going through because it's easier when somebody empathizes with you as opposed to just being like, "Oh, never been through that, but let me try and figure it out for you
0: Mhm, okay. so we like to wrap each episode with our version of um vogue's 73 questions but I just realized that I had one more question yes ask it ask. Abby ask it ask it of Ask it. we got into that um what are your favorite like pleasure toys add-ons must-haves in the bedroom especially for beginners yeah so this is really
2: great people ask me like what is you know what's what's your number one recommended toy and they're like they're they're expecting me to drop some toy that's going to be like, a couple hundred dollars no The best available sex toys to you are already in your home. Mm. Yes. Please tell us more. Once you understand, once you learn about your erotic blueprint and you understand understand your erotic blueprint and how it's fed, then there's toys and they're called sensual play items that you can use, uh, forks in your house. Um, hairbrushes, dusters.
1: You're like fucking Ariel or Belle using like yeah. shit in it. Oh my God. Yeah. A dingle hopper. I have a,
2: um, I have a, we have a sensual play um, box that we use and I just collect things. The 99 cent store, Bed Bath & Beyond, you can't obviously go to those right now, but um, essential oils,
0: those head scratchers, all those yeah. head scratchers are fucking... <laughs>
2: <laughs> that, that but you the wanna, you remember the
0: same when you do it to yourself. You need somebody no, else to you, scratch your head yeah. for you.
2: Well, that's what it is. Is that so? One of the best ways to get out of the head is in into the body is is overstimulating the body with sensations, and you can do that with toys. From there, I would say a jade. Oh yeah, I was like, I'm going to show you
0: my jade egg, but people can't see me. Wait, I have um, a super funny jade egg yeah. story. Should I even tell it? It's sort of yes. it's sort of obnoxious. So I don't have a jade egg. I have an onyx egg. Mm. I don't know what the fucking difference is whatever it was an impulse buy okay but I was like too afraid to use it this was before I used the cup so like I wasn't very familiar with just like shoving random shit up my vagina and like what happens then so I was talking to my masseuse because she's also like really into like crazy random shit and we were talking about the egg and I was like I'm just afraid that I'm not going to be able to get it out and then I'm gonna have to like call Isa to like come like <laughs> and She, her and I are laughing and she made this, like, as soon as it came out of her mouth, you, you could tell that she was like, what the fuck did I just say? Because she was like, you could just put it in a sock. And then she was like, no way, you can't fucking put it in a sock and then put the sock up your vagina. Right? Like that doesn't work. So I was like, no, but I could put it in a condom. So I put the fucking egg in a fucking condom, put it up there. Then I realized when I go to take it out that the condom is stretchy. So pulling on the condom isn't really doing anything to get, it's not like a tampon string where it just like comes out. Like it just keeps stretching. So anyway, I figured it out. I got down, I squatted, I bared down, I got it out. I definitely (laughs) peed on myself a little bit trying to get it out. Moral of the story is don't put your J-Dag in a condom because that's not the way to do it. But still, it was so funny. And now I'm like, "Mm, I don't think I need one of these anymore. Is there a hole? in your and in- no oh See, the eggs that I use in
2: cell, there's um there, uh, there's a drilled hole that you put a string in. So you pull it like mm. a, you pull it out like a
0: tampon. I don't oh, think there is. I would have to look again. Now that I've done it, it, I understand that if you just, like, use those muscles and push, it will easily come out. Like, it yeah. wasn't something that I had to worry about. But the fear of the unknown was what... Right, it of again, just it getting just, like, floating like, around this. in your body. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, that's I was like, I'm going to be that one that has, like, has to go to the emergency room to have my egg, like, removed, surgery. Clear.
1: <laughs> i've been telling john that i want toys I mean, I and to i'm like i want
0: this too with my clients
1: oh with your <laughs> clients? you what?
0: i just say i have funny stories like this with my clients <laughs> yeah i'm sure i'm sure you're full of them you're probably like you go to a party and you're like the hit in the room because you have like all of these like fun anecdotes to tell
1: yeah <laughs> i was telling john how i want one of those things like one of the eggs that he can control so like mm. if you're like out or whatever, yeah. and all of a sudden you get a buzz.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, like an app on your phone. All of that. That's
1: hot. That yeah. is. It's fun.
2: Yes, and it goes with the kinky. If you're his submissive, or you're his slave, or you're like we're we um, Jose. That's my husband's name. We're um we're part of this community, um, of just turned on men and women and since we've been so normally we would be in person playing with each other but since we can't we're doing it all um, on zoom Um, and we get to create these yeah we get to create these characters so we all have shadow aspects to our sexuality the part of us that we don't give approval for and we shame and um, so it's called persona work so you can actually dress up as the persona or the, the the sex the shadow part that you're shaming of your sexuality and you can really let that be wild and free and tonight I'm going to be a I want to be a pet I want to be my husband's because we've been working on DSing, empowering yeah. him to dom me so um tonight I was like I'm going to be I want to be your pet I want to be a pretty little pet who gets lots of praises and gets like fed you know like treats and you're my master and I only can do what you tell me to do. And that is so edgy for me that's to saw. not be in control.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. But that's what I want. Oh I God. love that shit. <laughs> yeah. Well,
0: A pretty we hope little you have pony. an amazing time tonight. You're welcome to join. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually like very intrigued. Um. Anyway, thank you yes. for the recommendations for the toys and you know, I think it's actually, like, a great idea to, like, shop in your own home because that's way less intimidating. Um, intimidating. Coro- uh, Corona-inducing also? Well, yeah. just in general, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, but it's also, like, I think there's an intimidation factor, but even just going online and ordering it right. be intimidating. Like, right, you're, like, covering your screen, hoping nobody mm-hmm. sees it. And and also, right. just, like, there, there's so much, there's so many choices. It's, like, where do you start? Um So that's, I think, really helpful. Um, so anyway, mm-hmm. thank you for answering that and sorry for diverting from what I was saying initially, which was that we like to close each episode with our own version of Vogue 73 questions. So we just do a rapid fire five random ask questions and you can just like answer them with whatever comes to mind first. Cool. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. I will start. He, me? Okay. Like I answer? Yeah, you're going to yeah, answer okay. just rapid fire. You ready? They're okay. not sexual. They're just oh. fun um so or maybe a little a little sexual if you don't use it do you lose it say again if you don't use it do you lose it
0: yes sexting yay or nay yeah yay um
1: oh what did i do sorry
0: what was the question there you go if you
1: could eat one food every day for the rest of your life what would it be pizza
0: any kind of specific pizza
1: just plain How, where are we going here
0: tons of olives black oh. olives, oh oh my god i want pizza so bad um if you were a disney princess who would you be and why i
1: do
0: i don't know which ones are disney princesses um i feel like um, you'd be like ariel
1: because you're using jingle hoppers <laughs> oh. <laughs> but, but that's me be- answering for you i'm sorry
2: No, that's great. I needed help on that one. Um, um, I would be uh, whatever one is, like, um, super, super demure, but yet, like, super badass. Which one is that? (laughs) I feel like more
0: of the later Disney princesses, like... um, Mulan. That's like a Mulan vibe. More like a Pocahontas, but I also... Yeah, Pocahontas, because she was, like, all virginal, and then she was, like, also, like, I'll fucking kill you.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, what about Uh, the one with the Beast? Beauty and the Beast.
2: What's yes
1: bell yeah bell she's cool and you were just talking about yeah. a feather of being yeah. feather dusted so there yeah. you go
2: yeah i don't i don't yeah i don't know i don't really care about
1: don't give a fuck about disney okay <laughs> really sorry.
2: i like the frozen one because she has a beautiful voice she does you're right yeah she has superpowers daughter. i want to have super i have super power <laughs>
1: yeah, and our last true. question our favorite question is what is your vibe
2: I'm not good at this. What do you mean?
0: (laughs) I'm not good at this rapid. Just like, (laughs) no, just like your vibe. Like if if you could describe yourself in one kind of like emotion or even like color or whatever, what would it be? What's your vibe that you give off? Mm. My vibe
2: is ever changing.
0: Mm.
2: You know, you got to keep up. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's raw. It's authentic. It's um, vulnerable. It's loud. It's opinionated. <laughs> yeah, I love and that. It, it, it wears nice. uh, soft textures, and it loves to be naked.
0: Yes, that's perfect. That's your Disney princess too. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, thank you so much, Carly Joe. Can you let everyone uh, know where they can find you?
1: Real quick, before we tell everybody
0: where you can find
1: them, this has been go. our longest episode, and I've oh, been hi. like locked in the whole time. I absolutely love talking to you. This was awesome.
2: Mm, Thank you. My favorite topic. I can talk for hours.
1: Mm. (laughs) So yeah, tell everybody where they can find you.
2: Uh, My website is carlyjo.com, C-A-R-L-I-J-O.com. I Um, I hang out a lot on Instagram, which is Cannabis Sensuality Coach. And I have um, a series right now on Instagram called Married in Isolation.
0: Oh, I saw that. Love it. Love
2: (laughs) And I have um I have a webinar coming out very very soon, um that is a masterclass for women um women in relationships around how to empower their sexuality and their pleasure and have a passionate sex life. So that masterclass is coming out really really soon. That's awesome. Love.
0: We'll link everything in the show notes
1: and take Thank the broad so blueprint quiz as well. Oh,
0: yeah. Rolling, oh, yeah. We're already everything. like, we're already like tabbing you for I already literally the blueprint. I have <laughs> the quiz open. I'm not even joking. I'm like, don't forget to do this. <laughs> Thank you so much. This was really awesome.